One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of How Many, the only podcast on the internet that counts. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today are Scott. Hey. Junior. Hello. Gary. Hola. And Sideshow Bob. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. No, you have the wrong number. This is 5246. I suspect you need more practice working your telephone machine. And we are in the second of a series of episodes where we blatantly rip off. I'm sorry. We give an homage to Sports Radio 1310, Bands of Your Life. If you aren't sure what that is, go back to listen to the previous episode. But basically, it is 11 questions about bands that have been important to your life. And the kicker is you cannot use the same band more than once. I believe it's Gary's turn in the hot seat and Bob is going to talk to him. Now this is going to be an interesting list from Gary because his music experience a lot of it is formed from the fact that he worked for several years running a blockbuster music back in the mid-90s. Looking for a better variety of music? Blockbuster music has thousands of titles to choose from, like No Doubt's latest, Tragic Kingdom, now just eleven ninety nine CD. He will have a lot of stories related to that. And he's also been to a lot of shows over the years. He paid way more than anybody I know for concert tickets to a show recently. I won't say who it is just because they're probably going to be on his list. We'll start it off with Band That I Hate. First of all, I was a lot of money for those tickets, but they were really good seats. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and say this before I even get into the list. In spite of the fact that I worked at a music store for a long time and I have very, very deep musical tastes. I like a lot of different genres and a lot of different bands. Most of the bands that are on my list are going to be stuff that almost everybody knows. So a lot of mainstream stuff here. Well, you know, I ran sound warehouses back in the 90s. I was going to say, Scott has a very similar job background to you. Yeah, I think when Scott was there when it was Sound Warehouse, and then they sold out to Blockbuster, and then I came in. Okay, band I hate. Jesse put in parentheses, I don't get, but you can scrap that because I don't like Depeche Mode. Wow. The second time Depeche Mode has made an appearance. (laughs) I I don't understand the fascination with depressed mode. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) It's just not. But I'll say this. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of stuff. It was stuff that my mom listened to a lot. My stepdad listened to a lot. I had a certain type of music that I listened to when I was really young. And then when I got older and I started playing sports, playing football in high school and things like that, it was like all metal all the time. And that was when this stuff was coming out and it just did not fit with what I listened to. So I never got into it. I tried going back and listen to it and I don't get it. I don't like it. I have a similar experience as Gary in terms of uh, at that time frame that when Depeche Mode was big, I was in college and had been recently in high school. So I was still very much into the hard rock and guitar rock stuff. And now all the college parties, all the clubs I went to, Depeche Mode was getting rammed down your throat left and right. I hated it so much, but now I kind of like it. When I hear Depeche Mode, I think of when uh, we all worked at Bang Tech, everyone but Scott, someone was working there. She loved Depeche Mode, and she made me a cassette 
and gave it to me for us <laughs> oh, to listen no. to. And I Mixed remember tape. Linda liked it. So that nickname, the depressed mode, is appropriate because Junior hasn't their lead singer like tried to no funeral multiple times over the years. Yeah, and he's all OD'd up probably. Yeah. Gary, I'm just curious, is it because there's so much synth and you're more of a guitar hard rocking guy? No, because I like Prince and there's a lot of synthesizers in Prince. I was also thinking maybe is it some of it have to do with having to hear those songs at the music store over the speakers kind of like no. steve corral in the 40 year old virgin when he hated michael mcdonald i woke up i came to the store and i i feel confident to say to you that if you don't take this michael mcdonald dvd that you've been playing for two years straight off i'm going to kill everyone in the store and put a bullet in my brain if i hear yamo be there one more time i'm going to yamo burn this place to the ground i could say yes to that but i hate it because it sucked <laughs> Next up, band that you think is overrated. All right, I'm probably going to catch up for this. So I'll, I'll start off by saying I'm not going to say everything that I was going to say about Neil Young at this point. Just <laughs> 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 oh, okay. because of how much Scott likes him. But he's just an honorable mention. It's the Beatles. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Oh, wow. Wow. And it's not its not so much that I hate the Beatles, because I don't. I, I think they were very much a right place at the right time. Group of pretty good songwriters. Like a lot of their songs, I really liked by other people way more than I liked when they did them. I think that they were just part of that British invasion. They were massive, massive hits. But even by their own admission, most of the stuff they did was pretty simple and not that great musically. I just think, you know, they probably get put at the very, very top of a lot of greatest bands of all time lists, and I wouldn't put them anywhere near the top. I actually don't totally disagree with you on this one. <laughs> I, I know exactly where you're coming from. I like them very much. I've got all their stuff. But man, just them being the default best band ever, be all end all. If you're right, man, the right place, right time thing, the Ed Sullivan thing, so much cultural significance. Yeah. They were just really, really good. There's another podcast, the History of Rock and Roll and 500 Songs. Andrew Hickey is the host. If you guys aren't hearing the podcast, it's a great podcast. And he talked about someone asked him if you could take away one band that would have changed rock and roll history. And his point was even if the Beatles had not hit, it may not have been as a big a British invasion, but there were British bands that would have come over to the U.S. and would have been successful. Mm -hmm. It is hard to say they are overrated, in my opinion, <laughs> but I do understand your point about they did get lucky. They only lasted a limited time. You know, there was a debate, what's bigger, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, right? And when you look at the Rolling Stones, how long they've lasted, you could certainly make the argument. Interesting pick, Gary. I've always made the point that you can go back and listen to some of their early songs. Lyrically, I would laugh at them. You listen to I Want to Hold Your Hand, it's a dumb song. They were, they were pretty much a boy band. I've often wondered how much of that was truly them and how much of that was record studios saying, you need yeah. to do this, let's do this. The most interesting thing about them to me is the amount of evolution they had in that short amount of time, like True. from basically seven years where they went from, you know, that generic boy band to doing Sgt. Pepper and Let It Be and Abbey Road. They really did grow, but to Gary's point, I do agree they're overrated. I don't disagree with Pick here. 
character either. I it almost feels like you are supposed to pick them every yeah. time, like you're almost guilted or shamed into it. Well, everybody's going to think you're an idiot if you don't say the Beatles are great, so you have to say that they're great. Yeah. I never liked right. that line of thinking. I definitely agree with your Neil Young uh, oh, opinion right before it because once you get yeah, past Heart of Gold and <laughs> Old Man Triple My Life and it's keep on rocking with the hard line, pretty much all he's got. Scott, I'm on your side on Neil Young, buddy. Number three here, Gary, what band do you feel is most underappreciated? Alright, I'll do a couple of real quick honorable mentions. Number one, there's a band called Poe. They had a hit in the mid-90s. I saw them live a couple times, including at the Bronco Bowl. I was a big fan of theirs. Like, it's not the, normally the kind of stuff that I listen to, but for whatever reason, that first CD that they came out with that had uh, Angry Johnny on it, I don't know why, but that entire CD was so good. The band that I almost chose for this answer was Aerosmith. I think Aerosmith is underappreciated. Every time they talk about this on the ticket or some of the other places, this is a band that gets bagged on. But, I mean, they have had hits in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the aughts. I agree. They, they are fantastic. This is one of the ones that I grew up with. This was one of the ones that was really big with my mom and my stepdad when I was growing up. Maybe it's just the fact that I've been listening to them for so long, but I'm a big fan of theirs and I think that they catch a lot of crap. But my pick for this category was Chris Cornell. I think that Ooh. is tragically underrated. I'm a huge Chris Cornell. So Soundgarden plus Chris Cornell solo or just, just all Chris of it, Cornell? man. Any, that dude, when he sings, it, like even if I don't know one of the bands that he's been in or some of the solo stuff, his voice is so unique and it is amazing. I love his sound. Yeah, this surprises me because I thought for sure you were going to go Kenny Wayne Shepherd here. Well, we can't do things two times in, in two different oh, categories. Oh, spoiler alert. I kind of thought he was going to go Prince because of how underappreciated we made him feel during the is, How Many episode. That is only in this group. I know that he's not underappreciated universally, so I don't have to stick up for him outside of this podcast. Hey, Gary, another friend of ours who also has hot sports opinions. Boy, Maybe he we'll... overrated Prince. He, like every song Prince ever did, Gary claimed was a hit. But okay. Bob will never say that to Gary in person. And I know because... he's never going to listen to this. Yeah, it hurts to miss that one. <laughs> he has anger management issues and I... it scares me. You're right about Chris Cornell. He had probably the best voice in rock for like the last 20, 30 years. And Soundgarden, I think Alice in Chains is the best grunge band, but Soundgarden's right there. They're the top yeah, I would take I would take Soundgarden in that, but I understand what you're saying. His voice is, it's beautiful. He's got, a, he's got an amazing voice. It was perfect for grunge because it could be so raw and so powerful just everything he touched man i was in was he the one going i'm going hungry yeah he did the high part but eddie vetter did the i'm going hungry i was never a fan of, of grunge he had a great voice i just didn't like the music have you heard some of the other stuff, though? Like, have you heard Temple of the Dog? And oh, oh, yeah. I, I've got Temple of the Dog. And then his solo stuff. It just, oh, yeah. Just, God, he's amazing. 
and proof of his greatness, I mean, how many other singers have had an Ivy League college named after him? <laughs> Booze and crickets. All right, number four here, Gary, band that you love. I could flip-flop a lot of these in different categories, and it wouldn't make a whole lot of difference, but band that I love, I went with Led Zeppelin. That's my favorite band. Okay. I think of all time. It's really close between that and a couple of others we'll talk about in a minute. But that one, I think when it comes down to it, they're just at the top of my list. I'm just a huge fan. So what is your favorite album and song? Well, I like side two of Led Zeppelin. It comes down to making out whenever possible. Put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4. <laughs> little fast times of Ridgemont High humor. Uh, the Immigrant Song is one that my for my entire life, I've always just, I love that song. And the riffing is just amazing. The movie that I thought had the best usage of it was Thor Ragon. That yes. song went up so much in my eyes, the way yes. they used it in that movie. I mean, they really elevated some basic blues and blew it into something nobody's ever heard before impressive that they did and, that. and with anybody else if you try to make me sit through a 12 minute song or i'm probably going to end up bumping it forward to just get to it and uh, with them i wouldn't and i think this may have something to do with it too when i was a kid led zeppelin and aerosmith were running stuff back and forth to different speakers and i thought that was so cool when i was young listening to the music move it's interesting that you mentioned the sound movement because the earliest memory I have of any Led Zeppelin song, I was probably like five or six years old. Whole Lot of Love was actually a big AM hit, believe it or not. And I remember yep. being a little kid in bed and I would listen to the radio going to sleep. And the first time I heard that song, A, I thought it was Janis Joplin because of the vocals. <laughs> but I, uh, I, was, I was scared to death of that passage in the middle of the song with all that crazy noise and all that. What the? <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, oh, 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 I had so much panic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I could have put Led Zeppelin into one of my categories. Overrated. Yeah, <laughs> okay. They could have gone into the overrated category for me. Yeah. To me, they had a whole lot of sound the same. I didn't like Robert Plant's voice that much. Oh, I love oh, Robert wow. Plant's voice. Wow, that's the no, I, I'm, I just, I've never really dug it. You know, Some I, other stuff is definitely overplayed. And no yes. song by anybody beats me more than Stairway to Heaven. My God, I cannot stand <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. I don't know why. Anybody else produces a 10-minute song, and I'm probably out. But they've got several, and other than Stairway to Heaven, I'll sit through it every time. I know you can't, they can't fully reunite because the drummer's dead, but if they got back together, would you mix in going and see yep. them? I might even go to London and see them. I would only go if Robert Plant did Tall Cool One. That's the only way <laughs> I'd go. All right, moving on. Band that you can listen to over and over again. So, uh, real quick honorable mention here to Pantera. Oh. I can do that over and over again. This again, is where Guns N' Roses pops up. Bob was talking about tickets that I bought recently. He was referring to the money that I spent to sit. 
very close to the stage for a Guns N' Roses concert. Guns N' Roses is the band that I can listen over and over again. Everything except for Chinese Democracy, which is absolute junk. Even the Spaghetti Incident. Yeah, even the Spaghetti Incident. Now, Jesse, you are on record as being a Guns N' Roses detractor, saying they only have one good song. The Guns N' Roses song. Which, Jesse, is that Guns N' Roses is one? Yes. <laughs> have you revised I think your you opinion? No, what I said is I know nothing about Guns N' Roses. And right now, Gary said, I will buy you front road tickets for five Bruce Springsteen shows. I don't think I could name five Guns N' Roses songs. Sweet Child of Mine, is that one of theirs? I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I, okay, that, I mean, I truly do not know any. If it helps at all, you could say Don't Cry, and that's actually two songs. There's probably some that you've heard that you don't realize. Well, and he doesn't realize the fact that they did knocking on heaven's door and live and let die. So those aren't even Guns N' Roses. Those are great cover versions. What would be their heyday? It's early to mid 90s. So I'm listening to talk radio. You know, I'm listening to Norm KLF. I'm not listening to Top 40 radio back then. I missed that. Bad just my bragging montage. I did get to spend one night in a strip bar with Slash at a strip bar in Dallas. That is definitely worth bragging about. Is he full throttle? He spent the evening drawing on the dancer's breasts with Sharpie. (laughs) And they let him do it. All right, so I agree with that pick. I will support you in your Guns N' Roses love, even though you hate Depeche Mode. I'm not changing that stance. Next one is going to be band that made me fall in love with music. I've mentioned earlier about listening to a lot of music when I was young. Mom listened to a lot of good rock and roll. And uh, we were driving around the car. There was a lot of Super Tramp, a lot of Pink Floyd, a lot of Led Zeppelin, all kinds of stuff in the mid-70s up into the early 80s. But the first time that I really remember locking on to a band would have been very early 80s, and it was Motley Crue. I think Motley Crue was the first time, and it's funny because I'm a huge Van Halen fan, and and they had things that were out obviously before, but I was 10 in 1982 when this stuff came out, so Motley Crue is a big one. Now it's interesting you say that because Kid from Kid and Play was just on with the Musers, and he said that Motley Crue was the most overrated, and he said that they should change Dr. Feelgood to Dr. Killgood because the singer killed that guy in the car. Yeah, he was... Vince Neil was driving, the other guy was the passenger, it was the drunk right. driving Hanoi uh, Rocks guy. Yeah, I mean, Motley Crue, they were a huge MTV band as well, because I also enjoyed them very much. The other thing, Gary, is they were huge with chicks. Oh, it was yes. great music, but chicks loved them too. Gary, you'll like this. So 1982, I was in college, went to the Sound Warehouse on Greenville Avenue, and I'm thumbing through the records with my friends, and I come across this black and white album cover with the words Motley Crue written across it you know and the the leather the whole thing and there's just one just one copy of this record and i pick it up and like this looks interesting this is my really heavy metal days so i walk over to the dj guy and say hey man can you play this and he's just like man we only got like one copy of this in the store if i open this you gotta buy it okay i mean it's it's 7.99 i'll give it a roll he pops it open and put it on when i heard those first three or four chords
words of of live wire i was just like hell yeah yeah <laughs> I got, this is a good record i try to use the bragging montage again that i was the first person to buy motley crew in the dallas fort worth area nice <laughs> have you seen motley crew live before gary uh i have not how about you scott i got to see vince neal perform at a a new year's eve show and there were strippers and my wife was involved. It's very nice. Yeah, Molly Crew's greatness. I'll agree with you on that one. Pretty much universal love there. Once again, in my blind spot, but I, <laughs> I don't have anything bad to say about them. All right, so band that changed your life. So this is where Van Halen pops up. But when 1984 came out, that was like the greatest thing I'd ever heard. So I had three older sisters. Uh, one of them was like, you know, Van Halen, that's not new. They've got older stuff. And so then it was listening to some of the older stuff that Van Halen had done. I found a lot of stuff there that I really liked. And then the new stuff came out. And then, you know, the whole switch over with when they finally settled in with San Hagar, uh, then everybody likes to call that Van Hagar. I don't care. I, they're two different bands to me, and I think both are fantastic. I don't even mind that the greatest hit CD that they came out with had both on it. It, it was, should have. Yeah, should have. Now, it's interesting to me, very interesting, because Van Halen was probably my favorite band in high school. I was really into them. But what's interesting is Gary is the first person I know whose entry point was 1984 because of his age. And the reason that's interesting is for everybody who was into him before that album, it was very, very, very controversial jump because of all the synth. And right. Eddie Van Halen was such a guitar guy that so many, and I, I liked 1984, I was not one of these people, but so many people turned on him, at least temporarily at that point, because, oh my God, what is this jump with synth, no guitar? Yeah. It's terrible. But think yeah. about it, 1984 was their first number one album, and Jump yep. was their first number one song, you know? Yeah, yep, and it's a, it's a great song, it really is. I actually am kind of regretting not having van halen somewhere on my list they were huge i love van halen from back in those days yeah this is going to be an interesting one band that surprised you band that surprised me i went with super tramp here Ah. It's such a departure from the kind of music that I listen to. And just listening to the rest of my list with the Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Van Halen, and mm -hmm. they really don't fit. And yet, album after album, I'm a huge fan. It's so much of their stuff that I really, really like. Do you think part of that's your mom, the connection to your mom? Because you mentioned y'all listen to that I together. think so. But like by the same token, I, I don't have Pink Floyd anywhere on here, although I certainly could have put them somewhere. And that's another one that she played a lot and okay. I still listen to. This is the part that might surprise you. If you made me pick between Supertramp and Pink Floyd, it wouldn't be very easy for me. Really? And I think okay. a lot of people would easily go Pink Floyd there. So you took the long way around. I think that they have a lot more to offer than their hits. I really do. I mean, I they think do. one of those things, when you listen to one of their albums, it really is one of those things that you just kind of go, wow, I didn't know they had all this. I was going to say in Supertramp, I could easily consider a band that's underappreciated. Yeah, I, I could agree with that, too. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff I liked about Supertramp. Plus, I like the, the Michael Scott version. Oh, it's Toby. <laughs> yeah, that was so loud. Oh, it's Toby. It's been nice. Hope you find your paradise. 
All right, moving on. How about your guilty pleasure? So I thought about a couple of things with this. I thought about using NWA. They're greatest, by the way. I thought about going with Kid Rock. I know he gets bagged on a lot, but I like a lot of Kid Rock stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. fun to listen to. But the one that I went with is Presidents of the United States. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's those, but like, there's a song called Stranger that I think is really fun. I really, really like that song. And then Bull Weevil. That's the thing is, you know, Junior, I'm sure some point on his list is going to have his Weird Al stuff pop up. Those songs that he does are funny, but they're parodies of somebody else's songs. President of the United States, a lot of the stuff that they did is really funny, and yet they're not parodies. That's their music. I listen to that quite a bit just because they crack. I'm not familiar with their work. I only know I Lump and Peaches. Peaches. Yeah, yeah, Peaches is like their biggest songs. I always enjoyed both of those. So right. I guess they're worth digging into further. But yeah, I also like the Weird Al version. He's Gump, he's Gump, he's Gump, he's Gump. What's in his head? What band should you have seen live by now, Gary? Well, it's a little late for this, but Prince would have been nice. I can see the impersonator in Vegas, maybe, but he's about a foot too tall. At, at <laughs> I think um, my wife saw uh, Prince twice. What about the uh, Dr. Pepper version? Oh, the little, sweet. <laughs> little sweet. No, he doesn't have musical chops. You know, I never thought about that until when Tom Petty died a few years ago. Yeah. And it yeah. hit me. I never saw Tom Petty. Yeah. And like, damn. You know, now I think of a lot of bands that, you know, I've not seen. Prince would have been one that's on my list I regret that I haven't seen. I'm with you on the Tom Petty, Jesse. And not only that, but the fact that last time he toured, he came with Joe Walsh opening. Could have oh seen my gosh. Him. Yeah. That would have been awesome. And Kid listed Prince as the best live act that he ever saw. I can imagine. I've seen clips of it, and it's amazing. I'm sure it would have been a great show. My stepdaughter's been really into watching the video of Prince playing guitar at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they did the tribute to uh, George Harrison, the My Guitar Gently Weeks. Mm -hmm. Where Prince comes out, and he just does this massive solo, and George Harrison's son is behind him playing rhythm guitar and he's just got this massive smile on his face like dude he is shredding you know (laughs) or prince playing purple rain in the rain at the super bowl Yes. Yeah, that was one of the better Super Bowl half. That is, shows. and I and I'm I always spraying the purple rain out of his guitar. That was great. Yeah, that's Openly. great pick. Great pick. <laughs> Open spring. Open spring. So, who would be the great band to see live? You brought him up earlier, and he has to pop up somewhere. That would be Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Ah, yes. Listen, the first time I saw him play live, he was 15 years old, and he was playing on the square in Tyler, Texas. He was opening for Delbert McClinton, and we left about halfway into Delbert McClinton stuff. I just, I'm a a big fan of his. Like, I really, really like his stuff, and I, not too long ago, he started doing some of his own singing, because he can sing, but... He's the guitarist, uh, for those that don't know who he is. Which would be me. Uh, or haven't paid a lot of attention. It's like a knockoff Stevie Ray Vaughan type stuff. It's just a lot of fun. But the guy that he has that does all the singing, Noah Hunt, has got a fantastic voice for 
doing blues. I'm a big, big fan. I'm a bigger fan when he's got Noah doing the singing. I've seen him a couple of times live, and uh, last time I saw him live was with Joe Satriani, and that was a really good Ooh, show. Yeah. Nice. Big fan. Lots of guitar. Yeah, any final thoughts? I left a lot of stuff off. If I do this list again tomorrow, a lot of things would be different. I was forced to go with these 11 questions, and so I did my best. What band would have made more than one answer if you'd been able to use them? I could have used Guns N' Roses or Led Zeppelin on about half of the answers or more. <laughs> those would probably be, if I had to rank my bands, those two are way up at the very, if they're not one and two or one A and one B, then it's just my mood that's putting somebody else in there. I think that is truly the genius of this list and the madness of this list because yes. of being able to do that. Absolutely. It, it is very maddening. I've given this list to other people and they flat out come back to me saying, I don't, I can't. I just can't. I got to do yeah, more than one. Yeah, absolutely. Great job, sir. We would love to hear your picks of the bands of your life. If they want to reach us, how can they, Junior? They can reach out to us by email to howmanypodcasts at gmail.com. They can uh, leave a message on the YouTube channel. Uh, just search for the How Many Podcast. They can send us a tweet on the How Many Twitter account. Or you can uh, send me a tweet directly, even though I won't read it. Mexican underscore Junior. And you can hear me at Jesse Jackson DFW. Gary? At travel underscore cowboy. And Bob. At lukewarm tallboy. And Scott. It's GS Matula on the Instagram. Scott underscore Matula on the Twitter. Yeah. And you can go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Rate as review us. All right. So this is the end of this episode. But hey, keep subscribing because we're all taking a turn and we're all going to share the bands of our life. But for now, thank you. Be safe. Wear effing masks. And we'll talk to you soon. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the bands of your life. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.